You're listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business, a podcast for realtors. Every week, your host, Charlie Bengal, sits down with experts in the real estate industry to discuss ways to become a more successful business owner. I think what I want to discuss today is some of my takeaways from the Tom Ferry Summit last week. Um, I went to a really cool session, and it was actually misnamed in the guide, right? So I thought that I was going to the session that was on luxury. And it turns out that it had been switched around. It was the same woman. Her name is Oriana Shea. I think she's out of California. And uh, Jeff Mays was the host. And she talked about how she is winning deals in this competitive market. And I wanted to go over some tips that she had because I thought that these were super valuable. So we've talked before on the show and on the mastermind about the importance of building rapport with the listing agent. And um, Oriana was telling us that she received, I think it was 15 offers on a property uh, a couple weeks ago. And only four of the agents actually called her to make sure that she received the offers. The rest just emailed them and assumed that she got them. Well, one of these 15 ended up in the spam folder. The agent did not follow up until four days after the deadline. And when the agent did, uh, the listing agent said, well, you know, what's your name? I don't remember this offer. And then that's when she found it in spam. It was a good offer. It may have been a winning offer. But this is all because the, you know, the agent did not uh, follow up uh, properly. So I think one lesson here is to be building rapport. Good morning, Amy Lassen. Hello. Hello. Um, it, it's it's uh, good to see you. Um, I am talking about some takeaways from the Tom Ferry Summit. And um, I'm focused on the session that Jeff Mays did with... Oriana Shea. Mm -hmm. And it was on, it was supposed to be on luxury branding, but it ended up on being on uh, winning offers. And I was telling Jerusalem the story of she had 15 offers on one of her listings. Only four agents actually called to see that she got the offer. Most of them just emailed it and didn't even follow up. Um, And then one of the, one of the people that sent in the offer waited four days till after the deadline and the, that offer ended up in spam and it would have been, you know, competing as a winning offer, but the agent was just, I'm going to say lazy. I, I just, so anyway, this Oriana's point was we should be building rapport with the listing agent, yes. right? We should be getting as much information from them as possible. What are the terms that the seller wants? Why is the seller moving? Right. Uh, One of the questions that she had was, what will the sellers miss most about the house? Which I thought was rather smart. One of the answers for one of her buyer's agents was, well, they're really going to miss their vegetable garden and new kitchen. So part of her strategy is having the buyers write a letter, right, to the sellers. This Mm -hmm. is somewhat controversial, I suppose. Um, This is what she does. It works at a very high level for her. And so what did the buyers put in the letter? I'm really looking forward to eating vegetables from the vegetable garden that I'm going to prepare in your gorgeous kitchen. Yep. 
and they got the they they got the deal right. And sometimes it doesn't even come down to money. Sometimes it comes down to the seller has a connection with that you know with that buyer, um, or they like the story, or you know whatever. Yeah. So I thought that was um, really uh, interesting advice. Yeah. Um, and some of the other things, because I thought that the session was was brilliant. And I'm so pleased that I stayed in this session because, again, when I got in there, it was not the subject that was advertised. <laughs> right. and, eh, you know, and I almost just went somewhere else because, as you know, there were set, there were what eight or ten concurrent right. sessions at once. Yeah. So it's like, is this really, you know, really where I want to be? Well, I'm glad I stuck around. Yeah. Um, so she talked, and we hit on this a little bit last Friday. She talked about the importance of preparing the buyers with a consult, and she said every time, every time. no exception. And of course, as she's saying this, I'm, it's like Amy is like in my ear because you've been <laughs> saying this ever since we've had this show. Yeah. And there's agents that cut corners, yeah. right? And yeah. I've been asking, you know, the the agents that I coach, whether it's in group or one on one, wouldn't you rather do a consult and know that that buyer? is is not willing to compete is not willing to go above sure. list price wouldn't you rather know that now than after they're in the car and you're writing an offer after a month of showing them homes and then they put the brakes on it i mean it just makes so much sense and then you can be selective of who you want to work with well and the yeah. truth is you don't they don't know if we don't educate people you know to say find out now if they're willing to compete they don't know. They may even tell you that they're not willing, but that's right. so sort of a defensive posture that they have or, or they don't have enough trust. Right. And I think one of the best ways to build the trust of you is to provide them with a negotiating strategy, you know, rather than wait to the last minute and say, well, better swing for the fence, man, yep. it's competitive out here. Right. You know, it just makes you sound lazy. Agreed. Agreed. So what she does, some of the, some of the questions that she uses, you know, what is their motivation to buy? Mm -hmm. You know, why are you looking to buy now? Mm -hmm. What do you know about today's market? Mm -hmm. What are your impressions and concerns? Mm -hmm. What's your level of comfort with competing? Mm -hmm. She goes through the entire buyer book. She talks about her team, the way they work, their value proposition, the professional relationships that they have. They even go through the contract. She asks if the buyer understands how and when they are compensated, right? They're compensated mm -hmm. by the seller when all of this is done, when all the work is done, right? right. It's not like they're being paid, um, you know, as they go, like, you know, most, most lawyers would be. Um, and then they ask, you know, would you allow us to represent you? And when they're asking the question, they're nodding yes. <laughs> um, you know, and then they say, does that sound fair? Nodding yes, yeah. right? And the point is, if you go through your value proposition in the book and you ask the right questions and you prepare the buyer, mm -hmm. then the answer more than likely will be yes, right? That is, that's where, that's, that's where she's going with this. Yeah. They do sign a buyer broker agreement. That's what she does. There's some yes. people that may watch this that are thinking, buyer broker agreement, that's not what I do. And then she, she has a seven day guarantee. If at any time you're unhappy, you give us a week's notice. And if we can't make you happy, then you can exit the agreement. Right. So, right. you know, I, I, and it works for them. And then yeah. they actually have the buyer books at the open houses, which I thought was actually um, rather smart. So pivoting over into presenting the offer when you're representing the buyer, 
She said, put yourself in the listing agent's shoes. Yeah. And she said, as soon as the buyer has an interest, you must build rapport with the listing agent. You call them. If that does not work, then you text them and say, I'd like to talk to you about 123 Main Street. You ask when they're presenting, how many other offers. Can you give me a range? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she goes deep and some agents are not cooperative and don't want to answer all these questions, right. but some do. And, um, you know, she said that I'm trying to help the seller make the most money. I need to have a range here. What else is important to the seller? Do they need that free rent back? Do they need some closing costs paid? You know, what do they need? Why are they moving? Like I mentioned a minute ago, uh, what will they miss about the house? Mm -hmm. And then she mentions that in the intro email to the agent. And that also gets mentioned in the letter to the seller. Um, Send in, send the entire offer and enough time for the listing agent to review and to confirm receipt. If if offers are due at noon, she's like, do not send them to me at eleven forty five. Yeah, right. Send them a couple hours early. I'm not going to shop your deal with two hours left. I'm getting if I'm getting twenty offers. Yeah, and then confirm and make sure that the listing agent um, received the offer using a cover page. And she said, sending the offer in one email, nothing annoys listing agents more than here's the offer. I'll send you, um, you know, the earnest money check, uh, you know, the photo of that in a couple days and then look for the lender letter tomorrow. And she's like, she has like the spreadsheet and she's Mm -hmm. like, if you get marked incomplete, that's what I tell the seller. You know, we have an offer here are the terms, but we're missing stuff. Yeah. So one PDF right? Not all these different attachments, all these different emails, again, putting yourself in the shoes of a seller um, or a listing agent. I was telling, I was going over some of this with um, the mastermind group on Friday and they were all kind of laughing and nodding when I was saying, you know, put it all in one email because they've all been in the shoes of, you know, the, 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 you know, the missing stuff from a, from a buyer's agent. And it's, it's rather annoying. Um, you use the, she does use that buyer's letter to the seller unless the seller is an investor. And in that case, it's just about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has a list of recent transactions that the team does or has done. And then, like I said, sending that offer um, in one uh, email. So I thought her talk was, was really good. I thought it was reinforced. It, it, it was so nice because it reinforced so many things that you and I talk about. And here is this reinforcement is coming from a realtor. Yeah. It's not coming from a coach, right? It's coming from like, this is what I do. And this is what I'm doing to win. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what is working for me. I ask questions. I don't always get the answers or even the answers that I want, but I'm asking the appropriate questions. If they want to tell me, she's like, you know what? It is BS. There is no law that says you cannot disclose different parts of an offer if that's what the seller wants to other right. agents. Right. But there are agents that have been around for a million years and they somehow think that it's all confidential. I can't talk about any of it. It's all like these blind bidding. Sure. And it's nonsense. Sure. You know, if you need to sh- if you need to work another deal against another deal to get this the the most amount of money for the seller, then that's what she does. And she's fine with that because she's working for her seller and she's doing her job. And I, I agreed with everything she said. Sometimes I think that people feel that we get caught in this. I, you know, I, I can't tell you anything, right? I have multiple offers, but I can't tell you anything else. Yeah. Who says, right. Who says that's a fallacy. Well, as far I, as I know, unless there's some 
law in some state that I'm not aware of. Well, right? sure. So, right, we don't know every con uh, every state's laws and contracts. And and in mine, um, in the listing agreement, it says that I can or cannot disclose the presence of other offers, and I actually yep. have to check a box. Yep. Um, right. But I agree with you. Whatever is in the benefit of your seller, that's what you should do, right? Yep. But you really do have to discuss it with your seller because you yes. do represent them. Um, and, and the rule among uh, my closest realtor friends is as a listing agent, you never accept love letters. As a buyer's agent, you always present them. Yep. <laughs> you never right. know. You never right. know they might take it. Yep. I like it. Um, so that was a, that was a huge takeaway, you know, from me um, that that particular session. I thought that, that was, you know, really, really good. Um, what was maybe your top takeaway that we haven't talked about? Because I know that we each have, you know, lots that we took away from last week that we wanted to go over. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. There, um, I really do think that it was where it ended up and, but we've talked about that before. And so I think we could go deeper and that is having a really, um, clean strategy for how you're going to market long-term, putting yourself on a schedule so that you have all your topics lined out and you just commit to doing it. Cause this yep. is my other thing besides buyer representation, buyer presentation, which is my favorite drum to beat. My next favorite drum to beat is to pick something to be focused on and be very, very consistent about improving it over time. Most of us are dabblers, right? Yep. Try a yep. little of this, try a little of that. None of it's working. Well, everything works, but you really have to focus. So I think my my favorite was really, really pick a marketing strategy that you can outline. Um, and, and, and I think we all overthink it. You know, those who weren't there might say, oh, what are the magic beans? Tell me what they said. You know, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, sure, we could give you their ideas. They, they, you won't do them. <laughs> right. I really think every single one of us needs to pick. And here would be my example. Like you decide that you will for now, from now on consistently post to Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, and maybe you say one piece a day, right? Yep. Uh, the, the best practice was higher than that. But I think for most of us, one piece of content a day would be plenty. And then you choose something like um, poster or later, and you schedule these, maybe you have a marketing day, maybe you get to the office earlier on Wednesdays or your home office, and that's your marketing time, and you structure that out, you build out the content, and then you go back to showing houses and everything else. But that that was my biggest takeaway is just really pick a plan and stick with it because your presence will grow over time. I think, you know, the other thing, Charlie, was if you have five years left in this business, mm -hmm. don't overthink taking over social media right you know like i think you and i sometimes make little jabs at old school agents who really don't feel like it who yeah. don't want to be participating and and i don't have a problem with that you're closing the number of deals you want to close and you're happy with your work and your lifestyle good for you yeah. and, and i feel that way about every agent you know and and so i want everybody to say stay in in the lane that you want to be in you know right we will help you grow whatever business you have or whatever business you want. But if you plan to be in this business another 20 years, um, Vaynerchuk was the one who said, now's the time for the land grab. You know, people think this ship has sailed. You know, everything has been taken on Facebook. You know, there's as much mind share as there will ever be and it's all taken. And he said, no, 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 no. And I've heard him give this talk before and he talks about like the coast of a country or, you know, that the coasts, how much of the coast is left. And he said, maybe the very edge of the beach is taken, but the next lot's in, those are still available. Right. You know, So don't 
don't be so certain that it's gone. Now is still the time for the land grab. You can grow your brand presence and you can grow your, um, your following for your, for your service model. And, uh, that is where a lot of people find their information is on social. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe the overall theme of his talk was you're not posting enough. You're not, you're not putting out enough content. Right. Right. With very few exception. Right. You know, Tom Ferry is probably putting out enough content, although maybe he would say that he's not mm-hmm. right. But, you know, are us as single agents putting out enough content? And then I saw he had a post on LinkedIn that I saved last night. I've not read it yet. But the gist of it is if you're so concerned about getting better. Mm-hmm. Right. And my my stuff isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you're if you're putting out tons of content, you're going to get better automatically. Mm, good point. You know, so if it's video and you're afraid to be on video, the more video you do, the better the video will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is our shows are probably better or smoother than they were at the very beginning because we've done, okay. I don't know how many of these shows now. We probably yeah. should count and do like celebrations when we hit big milestones <laughs> like everybody else does. Um, but, you know, so, uh, you know, and I use it, you know, I use the example of the DC mayor, uh, Muriel Bowser. She's gotten, you know, a little more of a national figure due to the protests and her and Trump, you know, spatting against each other and this and that. Um, she was a terrible public speaker mm. when she was first running between going from a DC council person to mayor. Uh, it was like, this person can't be mayor because she can't right. put string three words together. Well, now she does a speech and there's no us yeah. or ums. Why? She public speaks every day. The, the practice is forced. Sure. So if you're doing video every day, you're doing video every day, you're yeah. going to get better and more comfortable. Yeah. You know, I, there must be, Tom Ferry's vid- first video must be somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, where is that, right? Yeah. And, do, and how does that compare to now? My guess is it's quite a bit different. Yeah. You know, um, so, and he used, and he would say before, that what he would record each video like three or four times and he'd go to his wife and say, so, so, you know, which one's good enough right now, you know, he, it's just, you know, one take, right. That's not because he learned through osmosis. It's because he practiced. Yeah. So I, I, I like Vaynerchuk, which, you know, you're not putting out enough content. You, know, yeah. you need to be posting more, do more videos, do more Facebook, and it will um, result in more business. Um, but that said, mm-hmm. if you've only got five years left, I hope you're thinking about exit strategy. Like if you have a, like a drop dead date, yeah. you're getting, you know, you got to form the team, get a partnership, you know, do it the right way. I was talking to another agent about this, who's, who's moving markets. Mm-hmm. Um, she moved from California to Texas. Mm. And she knows a lot of people in California have been a realtor there for a long time. And she's like, she's over California though. Mm-hmm. It's my heart's not there. Mm. I don't want to commute. I have kids. Sure. There's nobody there that, you know, that, you know, that I can hand this off to, you know, I'm concerned about, I'm like, find a partner. Right. Because she knows a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, that's a lot of money to leave on the table to just go to Texas. <laughs> and I know you're going to be successful in Texas. Yeah. It's not like you're quitting a corporate job and then you're moving and starting over where you don't know anybody. She knows how to do real estate, right? You know, 
So that that's not the issue. The issue is, are we do we want to leave two hundred and GCI sure. on the table in California? I said I I would prefer that you not. <laughs> you know, so form the partnership. Yeah. Right. It's the you know Lassen Bengal team. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's the Lassen team. Then it's Lassen Bengal. Then it's Bengal Lassen. Then it's just the Bengal team. I think to really do that right. And I know we're jumping around here. That is really a transition over years. Yes. To really allow, you know, if you're taking over for my people to, you know, you're really, you get part of my ecosystem, you know, my people. Yeah. Um, and I just hate to see agents that, you know, they don't plan and they have to give that up because they just get burned out or they, you know, more times than not, they get sick, right? Mm-hmm. They're older, they get sick, they can't work anymore and the business. Just, it just, it's just gone. Yeah. So um, I thought that was an interesting topic to bring up. If you have limited time, shift your thinking and how can you monetize that, you know, the, you know, that retirement and make it so, so you can't just hand somebody a database, right? That's not a thing, right? You know? Hey, a- it's Charlie. Yeah. You know, Amy Lassen, she just retired and uh, you're I'm my client so- now. So yeah. I thought I'd call. Like, Who are you? You know, it does, that, that's not the way it works. Not well. It really doesn't. So no. if anybody listening is, is intrigued or maybe intimidated, we're here to help. Um, yeah, Remax Allegiance has a way to help you with this. So reach out. Uh, it's it's really it's really a powerful thing to do, and it can be done. But I think those most people, because Charlie, you and I have done trainings on this. You know, attended all sorts of trainings ourselves, yeah. and most agents just don't understand the process. So very doable. Most agents don't love to plan, and sure. this is a really long term planning exercise. But it could be quite fruitful. You know, the model that I was talking about was you know first year fifty fifty second year 60 40 and it just kind of fades down but you know you need to be around and involved you need to earn the 50 percent yeah but i mean most agents in a market if you would say hey i have 200 you know a and a plus people where i'm getting 20 deals a year from them would you be interested in that it'd be like well sure right let's let's do it let's make it work yeah um you know they're able to recoup that investment you know, over time um, without a problem. Any other takeaways from Summit? I've got some others, but we've only got three minutes left and I don't think that I want to definitely, you know. Yeah, I mean, so getting more into Gary Vee, he said, oh, another issue. He said, um, don't give up too early. Too many people try something, as you say, they're dabblers. And then it's like, well, that didn't work, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, well, define, how, how would you define it working? Right. So if it would have worked, what would that, you know, what's that mean? Does that mean you start doing videos on YouTube and you get four listings by the end of October? Is that working? You know, it's like when you and I talk about almost anything, it's, you know, we're looking for like a year commitment, ideally, right? Where we're really, you know, before we quote unquote give up, but I think it's shiny penny, you go there, you try, you try that. Well, I did farming. Oh, interesting. Tell me more about that. Like for, 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 for how long? Well, I did, I did two mailings, you know, o- o- over, over four months. Right. <laughs> and they were both just sold cards, but that, but that didn't work. Right. You know? Um, so I thought that was actually another one. It's, it's don't give up too early, but I would also say, you know, have a plan and what are the expectations? How are you measuring if something is working or not? Yeah. Um, Any, any last minute thoughts from you? No, now I want to put you on the spot now that we're live because I'm having this idea that you and I should host 
um, a business planning workshop for all the viewers. Yeah. Because the truth is, the reason I believe the reason agents dabble is they're hoping one of the things that they try will be easy. So they're yes. just going to keep trying something else because they're thinking somehow that successful agents are just doing things that are easy. Right. I just try and try and try one of yep. them easy. None of them are easy, right? It's all right. a lot of work yep. uh, with, with focus and dedication. You can make it more streamlined and you really, really can become excellent. Um, I was teaching prospecting yesterday to a group of new agents at my brokerage. And I said, guys, you need to pick two or three things. And that's a lot because if you were really, really good at three, you wouldn't need more. So right. please quit having fear of missing out yep. and looking over your shoulder and hoping that somebody else has the magic beans because there aren't any. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you'd be interested in that. Um, a no, lot no, of business no, planning workshop yeah. that we could do for all the viewers and really help you drill down on the few things that you're going to focus on in 2021 to become skilled at and to be consistent with. And it's easier to stick, stay the course and not bounce the way Vaynerchuk said, don't quit too early when you have confidence that you'll get there with effort. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a marathon. Hopefully we've playing, we've planned AKA trains for the marathon. Right. And we're not looking to, to run five miles and then be like, well, you know, I'm done. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I think that, you know, what you said about it's not easy. And I've often asked the question to agents, can you imagine if it was easy? Right. There'd be 30 million realtors and we'd all be working for like 0.2%, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, right. so, so the fact that it's not easy is a blessing. That said, we're not curing cancer. This isn't brain surgery. This isn't rocket science. It really is a plan and then continuing to work the plan, even when we're not particularly motivated to, right? It, that The why, all of that. So no, I am interested in doing a business planning session. Um, I'm curious to see what other coaches come out with for their business planning and then kind of um, you know, looking at that, coming up with our own, uh, stealing ideas from other people and then presenting that. I usually present that to our agents around uh, November-ish. So we, we've got time. Um, but uh, yeah, planning and accountability are dirty words. And it's like I'm on a mission to um, take those words from, you know, dirty to amazing or a blessing. Because I tell you, if you have a plan and you're held accountable, you can make, you know, the sky's the limit in this business as we know. Thanks for listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business.